Thank you, Jesus. It's wonderful how powerful God's Word and uh, what can be in our lives. This uh, afternoon, I got a call from my mother, and um, she was panicky and said uh, the daughter, uh, the son, was in school screaming with a lot of pain in the head and uh, and they took, uh, I guess they have a place where they take the children to in school and that child was screaming and she says, I need you to pray. So I said, well, uh, whatever is happening to the head is going to cease, but call me back and let me know. We prayed and shortly after that she called back. The child has stopped screaming. There's no pain. It's going away. And I told her, well, God's already started working. It's going to be over. Amen. So God's doing a mighty work. There's a whole lot of testimonies of healing. We're standing by God's word. We will continue to pray for the sick. We're looking to raise the dead. So if you have any dead, bring them to church. (laughs) We're laughing about this. We shouldn't be laughing. Jesus said, go preach the gospel, cleanse the lepers. You know, heal the sick, raise the dead. Why is this such a funny thing to talk about? Don't get nervous when they call you, okay? Amen. So God is really at work. Please stand up. I'm looking forward to this coming Sunday. Bring your wallet. My wife says, I'm bringing mine, and I'm bringing mine as well. <laughs> and uh, God's going to do something for us. When we have united faith, okay? Let's believe the scriptures. If two of you shall agree concerning anything that they shall ask on the earth. Are you in Pluto? Are you on Pluto right now? Are you still here on the earth? So two of us agree on the earth. Jesus said, my father will do it for them. And you know he cannot lie. So we come on Sunday and we're praying for it and God's going to do it. On Sunday after service, I'm testifying, somebody held me here for probably close to 10 minutes. For some time back when I asked people who had financial troubles to come, he said I reluctantly came down. But he had one testimony after another, God helping him with his finances. Okay? We can believe God. Amen. So this Sunday, don't forget your wallet. I'm not saying you should come and bring an offering. That's not what I'm asking you to do. (laughs) Okay. Bring your wallet if you can't give an offering. And if you can give an offering, you got big offerings to give, still bring your wallet. It's not about you. It's about the kingdom of God. Okay. So I have enough. I don't need to go. Well, we need you to have more. So you can give for God to God's work. Amen. Let's uh, make our confession. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. That scripture, what we just read now, is scripture is from Psalm 50, verse 4 and 5. Read it, memorize it. And say it to yourself. It's very important. Because people have ears. They can't really hear what God is saying. And I want to have ears that hear his words. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you so much, Amy. That was good. Tonight we're continuing with our message. 
our inheritance in Christ. Our inheritance in Christ. Last week we talked about God's inheritance in us. That we are his inheritance. God, Jesus delivered us to his father because of his work. So we became God's inheritance. We were God. Gave us, God gave us to him, Jesus. And then Jesus refined us, cleansed us, made us whole, and gave us back to the Father as his inheritance. And I'm sure God is so happy about his inheritance. Amen? That's why on the cross, Jesus was talking to his Father. We got no words coming from the Father. But Jesus said, into your hands, I commit my spirit. God was watching it all along, counting every one of you that will become his property. Amen? And I'm glad to be one of them. I'm glad to be part of that inheritance of God. But we also have inheritance from Christ to us, from God. And we need to understand that we have things to inherit in the kingdom of God. And we'll be talking about that in this Wednesday and coming Wednesday as well. But I want you, this is very important. When you see something from the Word of God that speaks into your life, just one scripture, look for other scriptures as well. Because there are other scriptures there that are speaking to exactly the same thing. And if you fully look into it, you will discover that that's your inheritance. Because you need that wisdom and understanding to know what the hope of your calling is and what God has called you to and your inheritance so that you can walk in it. Now let me go to this scripture, Colossians chapter 1 verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers. Can I hear the word partaker? Yeah, God qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. So God is the one that qualified us. Now notice what it says. If you don't know what God has delivered to you, you can give thanks. We must thank God according to the scripture. Giving thanks to the Father. God our Father. Because we, he has qualified us to be, to be partakers of the inheritance. So, so there is the inheritance. And many Christians will say, what inheritance are you talking about? Do you know what inheritance we're talking about? What have you inherited from Christ's death? Before a man dies, he makes his will, Right? And the will, you can't benefit from the will until after his death. And Jesus made his will for us. And then he went to the cross and he died. And the Bible tells us he rose again to be our advocate. Basically, he's representing you for your will. Some woman said, I, I have a husband. He was a multimillionaire, and, uh, but he's dead. And, and I wonder if he left anything in his will for me. And if Lord, the other guy said, well, why don't you read the will? Read the will and find out what the will says is your inheritance. 
because of the one that's gone. Most Christians are still wondering if there is any kind of inheritance. They are not partakers of the inheritance because they don't even know what God has left for them. They haven't read the will. And if they re- they've read the will, they still don't understand the will. We need revelation from God to give us the understanding of what God has given to us through the death of Jesus for our inheritance. So many are still wondering what, what kind of inheritance we're talking about. They haven't read the will. The inheritance is for God's saints. And some people want to talk about, well, saints, I thought saints mean those that have, the good people that have died and gone to heaven. And some even pray to saints that are gone. Well, if a saint that is gone to heaven is powerful and you can pray, I bet you the one who is alive can do better. Why do you want to pray to a saint that's dead? They can't do much. God writes the saints who are alive. And look, I'm looking at saints tonight. And God is saying, you have an inheritance, the inheritance. You have the inheritance. God has given you an inheritance. And until you discover the inheritance, you continue to suffer. You know, here I told a story. I don't know when I was preaching early. I started ministry. God gave me this funny illustration. And I used it in my crusades about, you know, inheritance. And preaching in churches. Listen. And I said it here. Look at a guy. He's in the street. He's on, in the streets living out right there in the streets. A street guy. We, we like to go do ministry to them, for them, Right? Let's go minister to the street people, right? Yeah, he's in the street. But his father was so wealthy. And then he died. And for some reason, he thought everything is gone. I got nothing. Now he's living in the streets. And he has a few friends in the streets. Where he lives in the streets, living with his friend, trying to survive. And all of a sudden, one day came and a, a, a nice Mercedes Benz pulls up. The 500S. And all the street people, and he's, they stop. All the street people are looking like, oh my God, what's going on here? Are we under arrest? Somebody trying to get us? What's going on here? And then this sharp-dressed fellow comes out, tall, lanky, with his tie and everything. And they say, well, this doesn't look good. And he says, Johnny! And this, Johnny's looking, oh my God, am I in trouble? Why is he looking for me? And he says, ah, Johnny, uh... It's surprising that you are here. What's going on? Uh, am I in trouble? No. I've been looking for you for the past two, three years. I can find you. Really? Say, uh, what for, sir? Well, your father left you five million dollars in his account, in his will for you. He looks at him. Now, Johnny's shoulders were, were down before. And he's thinking, really? Yeah. I've been looking for you, sir. The, the well-dressed man says, now he's addressing him, sir. Johnny says, this might be true. All of a sudden, Johnny says, really? I got that money in the bank. Yeah. It's for you. All of his attitude has changed. He says, jo- uh, 
Peter over there. When I get back, I'm going to help you. He started to do this change. He's never seen a penny, right? If he believes it, he started to do change. Now he's walking around like a big shot with his torn pants. He gets in the car. And by the time he gets back, his life is completely changed. Just seeing the document. That should be our attitude after we read the book. Because God is giving us so much here. He wants us to be partakers. Now, let me tell you this. In 2 Corinthians, read from verse 1. God, it says, grace and peace be multiplied to you according to the knowledge, according to the knowledge of Christ. That's in Second uh, Peter chapter 1. According to how God has given, uh, blessed us with everything that pertains to life and to godliness. God has blessed us with all things that pertain to life and godliness. Whereby have given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these promises we might be partakers of his divine nature. That's the inheritance. To partake of his divine nature. Now in John 14, I believe verse 20, Jesus was speaking. He says, at that day you will know that I am in the Father and the Father in me and I in you. You will know that I am, I am in you. So you will know exactly. So you partake of his divine nature. In other words, you take his place on the earth. You have his power. You have everything that he was when he was, when he was here on the earth. But we don't know that. There are still Christians who are afraid of demons. I used to be, okay? So don't feel bad. <laughs> There are, back in my place, my country, there are those Christians who are still afraid of witches. They're scared of forces that should be scared of them. Jesus will never be afraid of any demon or a witch or some calamity or something happening bad to him. There is nothing of that nature. And we are like him in this world. Is that not what the Bible tells us? As he is, so are we in this present world. That's part of the inheritance. We are just like him. He lives his life through us now. When we lay our hands on somebody, he's like he himself. He's laying his hands on that person. When we speak a word in his name, it's as if he himself, he's speaking the word to that person. That's what God has made us. And you can read in John 17, Jesus praying to his father. That they may be one in us. I in you, in you, I in you, that's the Father. And that's the way He says it to us. He in us. And Christ in us is what? The hope of glory. Glory means everything, glory means splendor, beauty. When you have Christ in you, there is no hope for failure. 
Amen. There's nothing like that. Notice what it says. Inheritance of the saints in the light. A saints in the light. What is happening is, there are Christians today, they go to church, and, and they do all the stuff that they do in church, but as soon as they get out of church, they are worse, even worse than the devil, the way they live. They are bitter, angry, complaining. I mean, all kinds of evil stuff Christians do. How can you partake of the inheritance when you are not living in the light? You got Christians today, you know, two people, they're living together. It doesn't bother them. I'm shocked. I wasn't raised that way. It's frightening. They talk of sin as if it's no big deal. You can't inherit. You will never be a partaker of his inheritance in the light. Because you are still living in in the dark. And there is nothing good in the dark. Jesus saved us to build his character in us. That's what it should be. Jealousy, anger, all kinds of evil work. Christians say, well, I cannot forgive that person. You read it in the Word. You know what the Word says. And you made up your mind, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. You don't understand. Believe me, God doesn't understand either. Why you won't? That's holding us back. You can't partake of it. If you're not willing to let go, if you're not willing to live right, they should see you and begin to ask questions. Why are you so different? Because you're not like everybody else. I guess I'm speaking to the wrong crowd this night. (laughs) But you never can tell. It's It's not the way it appears. I've been here, and as some people that I thought, these were very mature Christians, they get very disappointed. Because they are very complain, picky, and all of that. And, and I'm thinking, I thought he was, this person was so mature. You're so disappointed, you just move on. Talk very spiritual, but filled with anger. And you can't, you can't put it together. Talk to healing ministers. They've seen it. They go to a church and this holy deacon, he's sick. And God won't heal him. And you got some guy come from the street with all the tattoos all over. And everybody wants to stay away from him. And God heals him. And everybody says, Pastor, how come? I had that happen when I was traveling as an evangelist. How come God heals him? But this guy, he, he, he comes in and then he's back out doing crazy stuff. Then he comes back and he cries and all of that and God forgives him. And now, look at this deacon. We've been praying for months and nothing has happened. I don't know the deacon. I don't know the way he treats his wife at home. I have no clue. You think the wife will tell you? No? No? But that's what we are seeing in Christianity today. That's why people are not partaking. You see, you can't have revelation if you're not living in the light. 
you can have revelation. Revelation is light. Deep calls out to deep. If you're willing to go after God, you know, I'm still learning. I'm learning like crazy. Sometimes I see things and I read things and I put my hands over my head and say, God, where have I been? Yeah, I do that. I do that a lot. And I want to know more. And I'm thinking, God, you know, I've lived all these years. Please extend my life so I can catch up. You know, I need to catch up. I mean, let me live a little longer so I can catch up. I mean, I have a lot to know. He's such an awesome God. We have those trust the surface here of our inheritance. That they may know the hope of their calling. I mean, for those of us here, please. Make up your mind. I'm going to live right. The power is there to live right. If you want to. Because God needs you to minister to people for Him. A vessel of honor. Whose decision? Your decision. I'm going to be a vessel of honor. To God. You think God will grant it? Yes. He gives you the desires of your heart. But if you don't desire it, other things will matter. You know, you can't go 24-7 listening to KSBJ all the time. I'm messing up with some people now, right? Now listen. It's good Christian music. Some Christian music I hear from KSBJ, I want to turn it off because it doesn't make sense. Some of the things they're saying, it's true. God sends cancer to kill. Sometimes you hear, well, God sent cancer and cancer killed them and glory to God. What's God? Glory to God for cancer killing somebody? That's not KSBJ, okay? It's the people testifying and, and then they contradict the word of God. Stay quiet sometimes. Reflect sometimes. Let scripture minister to you sometimes. Because God wants to do something for you. Remember how God speaks to people? Usually not when there is a lot of noise. Right? And he tells us that with Elijah. Right? You got the earthquake. You had the wind. You got the fire. He's not in it. Still, small voice. So he can speak to you. So that you can understand that you have an inheritance in Christ. It's so easy for us to push away what God has said. And we put that on ministers. I've never believed that. Before I even become, became a minister, I feel like I can do what the minister can do. Not for pride. I mean, the same scripture, right? I'm a pastor. I'm telling you, yes. You can do the same thing. Just desire it. God gives you the desires of your heart. If you don't desire, you won't go towards it. But if you desire it, God's going to deliver it to you. If your heart is not in it, you'll never go for it. Other things will be more—I mean, more, be more important to you. It's going to be baseball for some people. I can't go to church tonight. I got to watch baseball or whatever I do want to do. 
But you are drawn to what's important to you in life. And God has given us much to, to discover in Him. How did He qualify us? How were we qualified? What qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance in the light? Of obviously, the born-again experience. The born-again experience. And the best place to find that is in, in John chapter 3, when Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, you know, we know you are from God. Because no one can do these signs that you do unless God's with him. It's clear you can't do these things unless God's with you. But then Jesus wanted Nicodemus to understand everything that God touches is a miracle. The born again experience is a miracle. It's a true miracle. The wind blows. You hear the sound of it. But you can't tell where it's coming from and where it's going. So is everyone who is born again. You are like the wind. That's what Jesus says. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So it's not an ordinary thing. It's a huge event when you get saved. It's like the wind. It's blowing. No one can tell where it's coming from. And you can't tell where it's going. And Jesus said, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. It's a big miracle. Your spirit is transformed. So now you have a new spirit. All of a sudden, through your faith in Christ, your old spirit died, but you were still alive. And your spirit is the real you. He died, and God says in, in Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart. That's your spirit. And a new spirit, a new you, I will put in you. And that's what it tells us in Second Corinthians 5 verse 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. God recreated you. You still look the same. If you were bald before, you're still bald. And they can see it. But the real you is inside, and God's changed that. But you need to let the new man come out. Because that's the one that is going to partake of God's the inheritance with the saints in the light. That's the one. And we came it only through grace. According to the scriptures. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. By grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Let anyone should boast. So grace and faith. Grace and faith. And Paul tells us, I am what I am by the grace of God. So whatever you become is going to be by grace. But you can't enter into grace except through faith. This is where the trouble is. Now, you can't enter and partake if you don't know what God says. Because you can't have faith in it. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Your inheritance, you can't enjoy. Just like the guy in the street. You can't enjoy your inheritance because you don't know anything about it. 
And you can't believe what you don't know. If the lawyer didn't come to talk to him, how would he find out? I know you have a little trouble believing the lawyer, thinking something, maybe this is a trap. But by the time he gets to the bank, or he gets to the office, and he sees his father's signature, that's a different thing, right? So I've got to find out. You've got to know. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We have to make up our minds. Once the word says it, I'm going to change my mind about it. There are things that I always thought, as a new Christian, you want to know one of the craziest ones, is that it was a sin to go to school. <laughs> and so I thought to myself, I just graduated from, uh, if, you were, if you live in my country, we have what they call advanced level. They do that in Europe. And after that, it's like junior college kind of stuff. And then you go to uh, university. And my pastor will always preach that about going to school. He says that's where they teach you the universe. And he, he combines it, twists the scripture, love not the world. And I'm thinking university is the world. And so I'm not going there. I was going to go to, to heaven as an illiterate, okay? <laughs> not knowing much at all. But they believed it. That was my first step into Christianity. I knew nothing. And uh, finally, because every time pastor spoke, I went back home and checked the scripture and, 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 and then decided he lied. <laughs> That's not true. Is it? I did that for maybe two years, just wondering how I can get out of this. And finally I realized, pastor doesn't know what he's talking about. And so I confronted pastor. In my country, uh, you can't talk to an elderly person. I was very young. If you talk roughly to them, that's bad. And so, pastor, respect. You know, uh, where do you get this stuff about this not going to school? He's shocked because he wasn't expecting an ask a question like that. But this time I had made up my mind. I didn't know any other Christian organization much. But I've heard for, about some, but they said they are worldly. And I didn't want the worldly people. I wanted to go to heaven. But I can't tolerate what pastor was teaching. So I asked him, where did you get that stuff from? He says, shock. You want me to tell you? I said, yeah, just give me chapter and verse. Book, chapter, and verse. Because I've been studying, and I say, you've said a lot of stuff from, from pulpits, and I don't believe them because I can't find them in the book. They're not there. So, so you got to show me. He says, so you won't believe what I said? He said, and I said well, you either stay in the church and believe everything I say, or you have to leave. Pastor, that's easy. I'll leave. I left. It was miserable because they, they were the only Christians I knew at that point. So I had to be by myself. Uh, no friend. I couldn't go back to my family because they, all, they already thought I was nuts. For going to church. So you stay by yourself. But guess what? God started giving me friends. Amen? They started coming. And look, I got all of you as friends now, right? You see, I enjoy myself. Somebody says, well, but you love. I don't care whether you love me or not. I know you have been commanded to love me. And if you don't love me, you have a real trouble with him. <laughs> you have to settle it. So I don't worry about you. No matter what I've done, 
As long as I didn't wrong you bad, you have to love me, whether you like it or not. It's in the commandment. You want the verse, chapter? You want chap, book, chapter, and verse? I'll quote it to you. You have to love me. By grace, we have been saved through faith. And that is not of ourselves. And Paul says that we stand because of the grace of God. And you know, you can multiply, multiply grace upon your life. If you multiply grace, you have more of, you, of the inheritance. You enjoy more of the inheritance. And you know the way to enjoy more grace? Faith. Faith brings grace. But you can't have faith without the word. So if you don't have the word, you have less faith. And if you have less faith, you have less grace. Right? In your life. And if you have less grace in your life, you might suffer disgrace. And shame. So I got to stay with what the word says. And forget what people's opinions are. That's our greatest trouble. What people think. Maybe not you, but I have to fight that. What people think. How they're going to feel. That's usually a big danger. God has given us all things. And through that he gave us righteousness. In Christ. The grace of God made us righteous, right? That's part of our inheritance. There was no righteous person. Read Romans chapter 3. None righteous. No, not one, the scripture says. No, not one. There's none that does good. That's what the scripture says. No one. That's why I wrote the track, Good People Don't Go to Heaven. Some man in Calvary says, what do you mean good people don't go to heaven? He was mad. What do you mean? And they were driving because we gave them that track. Good people don't go to heaven. They drove like, you know, real fast. It came out. What do you mean, God? What do you mean good people don't go to heaven? I said, well, because the Bible says no one is good. Oh, okay. God said, there is no one that's good. Maybe you're good for your family, but God says there is no good one. They have all become unprofitable. That's what the Bible says. But through Christ, through grace, we obtain righteousness. Because he became sin for us who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Now, having said that, let me show you one thing that we can partake of. Job Chapter 36, verse 7. This is so good. For me, at least. He says, he, that's God, does not withdraw his eyes from the righteous. God cannot take his eyes from you. He can look away from you. His eyes are always on you. Everywhere you go. Constantly, you may think God's not there. I'm going so going through 
so much in my life right now. I wonder where, whether God understands. But if you are righteous, His eyes can never look away from you. He's always on you. And you know, when God looks away, no favor. But when God's looking towards you, that's the countenance of His glory. And when God's looking to you, you got favor. When he looks away, read Isaiah 54. He says, from a moment I looked away. That's when you got into trouble. But then he says, with everlasting love, I'm going to gather you to myself. Read Isaiah 54. He tells us in this scripture here, he does not withdraw. There is nothing you can do. Righteousness in Christ. His eyes will always be on the righteous. Now listen, but they are on the throne with kings. When God sees you, where does he find you? You see, that's why we, we don't know what God is giving to us. He finds you on the throne. Ordinary people don't sit on thrones, Okay. <laughs> But they say, you're sitting with kings. That's why he is called the king of kings. Every one of us. And his eyes are always on us. Why? Because we have become righteous in Christ. And nothing can change that. God does not look away. So he said, God blinked, so the devil slipped one on me. That not, doesn't happen. If you're going through trouble, there is a reason for it. I said it here before. Nobody wants to, uh, nobody, everyone wants to be promoted, right? But nobody wants to take a test. You got to take the test before you go to the next level. And if you go to the next level, the next level has its own trouble. Every level, big, higher level with higher troubles. We got to take care of that. So understand, when you're going through something, it's not because God's looking away. He's wanting to promote you. That's why the Bible says, count it all joy. When you run into all, come in on Sunday morning when you're going through difficult times and really dance. And when I say, what's going on, brother? I'm going through a lot of trouble. That's not the way we react. When you're going through trouble... Pastor, I'm really having a hard time praising God today. Well, you missed it. His eyes are on you. And we can trust Him. He'll take care of us. I like this scripture, Psalm 5, for the righteous now. Psalm 5, verse 12. For you, O Lord, will. Notice the word used, will, not may. You, O Lord, will bless the righteous. How many righteous do we have tonight? How many righteous do we have tonight? How many righteous do we have tonight? Now listen, when you're doing this, you're not sure. <laughs> Let me show you something. If you go to, we all have kids and we like to take them out. They play ball or they run in a race, you know. And uh, as they are running, the parents are, you know, on the stands and they're standing and clapping and all of that. If your son is at the very end, the back, the, 
if your son is at the very back, he's the last one running. And when the guy next to you says, where is your son? That's him. But if he's at the very front, when he's says, where is your son? That's him over there. The one at the top. You are so proud of him. Right? That's just the way. You think God wants to be happy to say, that's my boy. Right? That's what he wants from us. But he knows we don't have the strength on our own. But if we trust in him, he can put us. That's why the scripture says, according to the Old Testament, you will be head and not tail. Above and never beneath. Do we believe the scriptures? I want to believe them. Because it's true faith. God will do this. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. God, you have to bless the righteous. But God wants us to ask for his blessings. And we feel bad. Why should I ask? He says to ask. You don't have because you haven't asked. When you ask, you'll feel bad because you don't understand the purpose. You bring your wallet here, you say, I, don't, I should, really shouldn't take it there because that seems like that's not very nice. You don't understand God's mind. It's not about you. It's about the kingdom of God. Yes. So you do it with faith, believing that God's on your side. He won't take his eyes away from you. God will bless the righteous. With favor, he will surround them as with a shield. So you are surrounded everywhere you go, you have favor. It's, it's like Jesus is wearing you, amen? <laughs> and everywhere he goes, when they really see him, no one sees Jesus and really know exactly who he is and turn away. You're drawn to him. Amen? And that's what God wants. With favor, he'll surround you as with a shield. If it's a shield, that means everything that will bring disgrace will fall away from your life. When they come towards you, they will meet that shield of favor. That's what the scripture says. They come in, you know what shield does? Quench the fiery darts, darts, right? They've come in there, you may feel it, maybe because of the strain of it coming at you, but they fall off. It's favor. And God cannot lie. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. So, why am I having trouble? Because I haven't settled it in my heart. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. I need to settle it in my heart. Because once you settle it in your heart, you enter into his rest. When it's not settled in your heart, you can't enter into his rest. And that's for every one of us. And there are areas I need to enter into his rest. Because the Bible says, he who believes does not make haste. If you're worried, you are not believing. Because you will be calculating how you're going to get it done and all of that kind of stuff. And you're afraid. And if anything goes awry a little bit, you're already shaking. You're not, you, we know you are a believer, but you are an unbelieving believer. 
But we have to believe the word. Amen? No matter what's going on. Remember what the scripture says. God can never take his eyes away from you. When they mean it for evil, and, and please never look at people. They're just tools. Okay? Remember, there are principalities, there are powers, there are dominions, there are mights. And these forces are against us. And they have meetings constantly. Read the scripture. Let God open your eyes so you understand what's going on behind the scene. Sometimes they have meetings against your finances. They know where it will hurt you the most. Read Isaiah 54. God says they will surely gather. And not may. They will surely gather. And not people. But sometimes, many times, demons use people and they gather against you. Read it. Read Isaiah 54. But it says, everyone that gathers against you will fall for your sake. Because when they come against you, they will meet that shield of favor. And the shield of favor is always there. You may seem like you're going down. No. It just seems that way. That's what happens to Joseph, right? He seemed like he was going down. But when the word of God says, but God was with Joseph. That means God couldn't take his eyes away from Joseph. So Joseph was surrounded with favor as with a shield. And even in Potiphar's home, he was doing well. Even in prison, he was doing well. But God says, I'm through with this. Let's go, prime minister. Amen. God's able to do it. And we belong to him. And we can partake of his divine nature. And know of no reason to be afraid. You know, I've heard it so many times. It does happen. Sometimes you wake up in the morning. And for no reason you have this feeling of dread. Right? Cast it out. Because there's no reason for it. No Christian must ever be afraid that you are going to be in want. And you have to settle that in your mind. Regardless of what the circumstances. I have to settle that in my own heart. That doesn't mean I wouldn't use wisdom. That doesn't mean you sit back at home and do nothing. But what it means is, no matter what's going on, God's going to take care of me. Because the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But then it makes you to lie down in green pastures. And the way I like to see it is green pastures. Not one, but pastures. You turn this way, is green. You turn the other way, is green. Everywhere you turn is green. You are like a tree planted by rivers of water. That's what the Bible says. And we got to believe what God says. Those are part of our inheritance in Him. The leaves will never wither. And these words are true. I'm going to close with this. and say I have a lot. But listen to this. The scripture says we are heirs of all things. All things. All things. And I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Therefore, let no man boast in men. It's not about men. Let no one 
boasts in men. For all things are what? Yes. It's not a man's ability. All things are yours. No matter what. Whether Paul or Apollos or Peter, Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours. They are all working for you. That's what he's saying. They're all working for you. Including the preachers. The problem here, we got Apollos. And some said, and remember this is Corinthian church. But some said, we are of Apollos. And you said, well, uh, I, I would think Paul is greater. We are of Paul. And you said, well, the first apostle was Peter. We are of Cephas. And the other one says, no, we don't need all these guys. We are of Jesus. We're bigger than the rest. Paul says, if it has to do with men, don't go there. These people, whoever they are, these are great ministers of God, but they are for the church. They are used. They are to help you to grow, to become what God wants you to do. When the Bible says something, listen. But remember, all things are yours. All of these things are yours. Listen to what it says. These people, people of the world, I know we have to, politics, we have to choose who we think will help us. Many times you choose those you think will help you, and guess what they end up doing? They are men. <laughs> right? You get disappointed. Last time I was very disappointed at what's going on. Look at what's happening today now. In the United States, you got gay marriage and all of that kind of crazy stuff going on. We don't look to people. God's number one. That's the source. Does it mean I should neglect the ministers and neglect? No. God uses them. They belong to you. They are ordained by God to help you be. So you look to them for your growth. Amen? Because God's going to put it through them to you. That's what he's saying. But listen to this. Not just those people... The world or life or death. <laughs> death is even working for you according to the scripture. You got control, right? If it's yours, you do what you want with what you got, right? Said, Why is God saying death belongs to us? Well, I would rather have life, okay? And reject death. That's true. All things are yours. Whether it's death or life, doesn't matter. I choose life. That's the one I want to be close to me. Death, you stay over there. Till I'm too weak and I need Omar to take me to the bathroom, then I'm ready to go. I'll welcome death at that point. But right now, I don't want it. You choose life by what you say. But watch the way you present yourself. And the thing about it, it says, whether things present or things to come. 
For me, let me tell you, this is the way I want. And I pray to God all the time. When I see scripture, I change my opinion. Even if it's coming from my son. That's it. My wife is the same thing. Sometimes she just says, wow, that hit me real hard. That's different. And then what it does is I got to go back to scriptures and change my mind. I've missed it all along. You know, I used to say, you know, 10 generations, and I was reading the scripture. One day we were praying back there, and the prayer meeting in the morning is going gooder and gooder. We got, sometimes we get 10 people there in the morning. I'm thinking, God, this is going to be something else. Before long, uh, we won't be praying back there anymore. We'll be coming here to have glory time. We are growing in number. It's amazing. Now more people are coming in the morning. But I was reading that scripture and God said in the morning there, He says He will show His favor to a thousand generations after me. Just it continues. A thousand generations. Today I have so much confidence from a man who was born into idol worship, mixing church and voodoo doctor together. That's the way I grew up. We go to church on Sunday, don't even understand what was said. All we were singing is, I fly away to where I didn't understand what they were singing about. But then later on Saturday or Monday, we are in a witch doctor's house. Uh, killing, uh, killing animals for sacrifice and kneeling and praying to idols. But that's all changed today. That's the past. Now I can look to the future for my children and I believe God's going to be with them and if Jesus starts a thousand generations God is in my family now forever that's my inheritance my children will have it their children will have it we don't have any struggle in our home about that they, they, they go to church I was glad when they were little they, 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 they said, Daddy, you are getting late because I had to drive them to church. We got to go. But I was the pastor. The kids are ready to go. I don't have to drive them. That's changed. My whole life has changed. We don't have to go to idol worship or any of that kind of stuff. They've experienced something different. And from now on, we serve God in my home. And the generations, if Jesus tarries, He continues with them. And this generation will be blessed. I call them and let them know you do the same thing. You guys are going to do much better than Angel and I. Some of you are going to be a great preacher somewhere. They all want to be in medicine these days, but I don't know. God can turn them around. (laughs) Okay? They just think they want to be in medicine. (laughs) Yes. But God will do it. To a thousand That's part of our inheritance. Amen? So I don't have to fear. No tragedy for my children. Because read Psalm 91. No tragedy for them. They will marry nice people. I've been praying since they were kids. Our inheritance. Amen? And the Bible says, whatever we ask in his name, he will what? Give it to us. So I trust him. And whatever we commit to him, he is able to keep. Until that day. I believe those scriptures. There's a lot of stuff I need to believe. I need to discover. But I'm not there yet. But I got to believe what God says. And enjoy the inheritance he's given to me. It's an exciting life. No fear. 
No fear. Because I got God in my life. And every time Satan comes with fear, I say, that's not in my spirit. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So, fear, you're a foreigner. I don't want you here. You are an illegal alien. So get out of my life. Stand up with me tonight. We thank God for our inheritance. We're coming today. One of the inheritance we have is to lay hands on the sick. Hello? And get them healed. Every one of us. Try it outside. Those of you that are sharing with people, pray for them. Don't let that go. It's your inheritance. You don't have to make it happen. Just lay your hands on them. When they come up with a problem, pray for them. Tell them God's going to do it. Tell them what God's going to do. Amen? If you do, when God does it, they, they know you told them. Don't be afraid to tell them because you represent Him. Okay? That's what them Elijah and all that they did. Say, Ahab, you go because God's going to send rain. I said it. In His name. So be bold. Tell them what God will do. Would you put your hands up to the, tonight? Remember, every time you lift up your hands, He looks towards you. He looks towards you. The first thing that we need to do is for in your heart, nothing evil. I've got to live for Him. I've got to live right. I can't have all kinds of uh, crazy stuff against people in your heart. Don't do it. It's totally unnecessary. Let them go. Life is too short for that. Don't have fights with people. Let them go. Ask more that God will use you. Stay with scriptures. Stay with what God says. Love people. Love people. Say it with your mouth. Because God has called you to love. Tell God, I love them. I love them. And if there's somebody in your heart, always tell God, Even if your heart doesn't agree, that's in your mind. It's not in your heart because you know what God said. Say it with your mouth. I love this person. I love this person. Yes, they've done something wrong. Keep saying it. And God would give you that. He would deliver that to you because He spread His love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that He's given to us so you can love them because faith works by love. And we got to love. Amen? Let go of this silly stuff, crazy stuff that Satan bothers our minds with. Forgive them. Forgive them. Let it go. Sometimes you think they are wrong, but you are the one that's really wrong. God's the judge. You don't know. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word tonight. Lord, we enter into your presence, O God, in the name of Jesus. And we love you because you are a great God. You are in our lives. God, I just pray tonight that you will give us a heart for you. That we will love you above all things in the name of Jesus. And that we will love one another as you have given us commandment. That we will honor one another as you have given us commandment in the name of Jesus. That we will prefer our brother over our our lives in the name of Jesus according to your word. So that we can inherit the blessings that you blessed us with. Lord, tonight we surrender to you. We surrender to you. 
by your grace, transform our lives to God and give us more hunger for our God. We want to do more, not for people to see, but for your name to be glorified. That Jesus, the Son of God, may be glorified. That Jesus will be lifted up and honored among those who are around us, who know about our lives. We give you praise tonight. We honor you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let me say this before we go. Because I felt like saying it. If you can pray in spirit, please do that a lot. Please do that a lot. Because it's very important. You know, if, you are, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and you cannot pray in tongues fluently, there's a hindrance there. You've got to kick that thing out of your life. It's a hindrance. You have to be able to pray in the Spirit. Remember what Paul said. I thank my God I pray in, this, in tongues more than every one of you. Who had the greatest revelation from God? Paul. Read Second Corinthians, uh, First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, all the way down to verse 12. He tells you how he got his revelation. Okay? So pray in tongues as often as you can. Because you'll pray for things that you don't even know about. And God will put those things into your heart. Satan is fighting that gift so much. And I don't want to let go of that tonight before you leave. Pray more in tongues than you pray in English. I'm saying it from my heart. It's very important. And if you have trouble, please come and see me. So we can, I can pray with you. You will never get very far. Unless you do this. There are some Christians that don't pray in tongues. You're just trying to do it on your own strength. You will get praise from men. No eternal value. You need the Holy Spirit. He is our helper. Jesus said, tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from an eye. In other words, you're not qualified to preach until. No compromise here is the truth. That's the way it's going to be. And it's not for me. I have nothing to gain from that. But I like to see you grow. I like to see you do much more than I'm doing today if I've done anything. That's the way it works. Pray in tongues. My early days, and I'm going to say this very important, my early days, one hour by myself, every single day, I made up my mind. One hour every day. I, if something came up in the morning, I wasn't religious, I'll let go. But I'm going to find that time to spend that time to pray. Things changed. Things changed in my life. Okay? So I want to encourage you with that. If you haven't been filled with the Spirit, talk to somebody. Don't neglect it. You see, God knows what's going on in your life. He knows what is going on. If you are afraid, you shouldn't be afraid of it. Because you are a child of God. You can't be afraid of God's Spirit. Something is not right. Please talk to me. Talk to some of our pastors. They will help you. So you can receive the gift. It's hard to grow as a Christian without really grow without the Holy Spirit. It's very hard. Very hard. You'll fight with Christians and curse them out because you don't really understand. Ever hearing 
never understanding because the Holy Spirit is the one that brings all things to remembrance to us. Pray in tongues, okay? God bless you. We're dismissed.